do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Libro Cube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical Libro Cubicalist. This show is like, is not dissimilar to, a journey into my brain. Ooh, creepy. I say that because I pour forth uh, words that get forward the ideas uh, that illustrate all the media I have consumed... Mm -hmm. so that those ideas don't just ferment in the dusty attic of my brain and are instead poured forth to flourish like the beautiful flowers they are. Now, uh, that sounded pretty good, to be honest with you. I'm, uh, I'm happy with this beginning. Uh, normally I'm not. Normally I screw things up and think to myself, a professional would redo, and I still don't. But this time, I feel good about it. So, that's like very rare it's a rare and beautiful gift like those aforementioned ideas oh man i'm on fire okay uh, i'm gonna push a button that will start a series of five five minute timers and i'm gonna really try to stick to the timer today i know i say that often but i think because we're off to such a good start uh maybe i actually will hey fingers crossed or fingies if you prefer and i hope you do ladies and gentlemen you some things. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Spice. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, movie... Maybe I should put this in quotes. Movie, air quotes, used, done with fingers. I just did right there. Black Mirror, colon, Bandersnatch. Ah, this thing, this interesting thing. Uh, in 1984, a young programmer begins to question reality as he works to adapt a fantasy novel into a video game is the IMDb description, which does not do this justice at all. Which is not too unusual, but more so in this case, just for the reason that if you know about this, you will know uh, it's available on Netflix. And it's a strange, I would almost call it an experiment in some degrees, uh, of, a, of a sort of choose-your-own-adventure. Which were books that existed when I was a young man, or a child, that uh, I did read some, but they didn't pull me in like I, I think some people were. Uh, so basically what happens, if you somehow don't know about this phenom, uh, you'll watch this movie. Uh, throughout the course of the movie, prompts will come up on the screen, giving you the choice of... Uh, I think it's always just two different things. I don't think there was ever three. Yeah, the choice of two different things that will happen next. And you'll sort of say, okay, 
uh, do I want this to happen next or do I want this to happen next? And then you'll move your uh, cursor using your remote because all remotes have that little circle usually where there's a forward and a back and then you'll hit enter and then depending on what you choose different things will happen which is fascinating and obviously very video gamey uh, a sort of uh, 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 what was that company called that made all those not point and click adventures tales from the borderlands uh, which the wolf among us last of us you know that company that somewhat recently went out of business similar to that uh, but to a lesser degree in terms of uh, interactivity and to a more degree towards the, the movie side of things, I would say. Okay, so uh, how did it go? Uh, I think it went well. There was a few times where we, uh, and I watched this with the misses, I should say, uh, some things I would pick, some things she would pick. We would sort of do a little back and forth. Uh, I would try to, in an effort to keep her interested, <laughs> let her pick most of the things. Uh, so uh, w there was a few times where we reached points in the story where it uh, it could have quote-unquote ended, uh, but then it sort of gives you the option to go back and sort of replay, including one like right at the beginning where I think you're almost supposed to sort of come to the conclusion that there'll be points in this where uh, things will quote-unquote end uh, I will say, without giving too much away, uh, I did reach a point where uh, we stopped, where I think potentially could have gone back and got a different ending, but I, but I did like the ending we got, and it was sort of a, a Shyamalan-type twist ending. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Rating-wise, for the first time I've ever really done anything like this, other than actual video games, uh, I, I think it was a good effort, uh, and I'd probably go a solid 4 out of 5. Yeah, uh, enjoyed it. Okay, moving on to Dune from 1984. Yeah, this... this thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if it's come up on the podcast or not. I, I think maybe it has recently in terms of Matt Coville, D&D dude, uh, put out a tweet uh, the other day where he mentioned the book Dune and how... If you try to read that book and give up on doing so, you should not feel bad. And as soon as I saw that, uh, it really hit—it really hit me hard, because uh, over the past probably more than a decade, I've picked up the book Dune three or four times. I'm not 100% sure, and I feel like each time I've done so, I've got a little bit farther into it before I've had to give up because I was just just not getting it whatsoever and not understanding the appeal or understanding the book, <laughs> just sort of period. So I thought maybe a trip into the movie would help. Uh, I don't know if it has, to be honest with you. It was fine, uh, 80s style sci-fi of a very weird variety. Uh, they expect you to know a lot. <laughs> I feel like this movie asks a lot of you, the viewer. Um, but still, there was uh, interesting things that make me think, potentially, now that I have uh, these little tidbits in my brain from the movie, if I go back and read the book in some odd years, uh, maybe those tidbits will fire some neurons that hadn't fired before, potentially. So for that reason, I'll give it a three. But uh, I probably would give it a 2. Uh, I didn't have much enjoyment, I will be honest with you. Unlike with this last movie, The Ballad of Buster Scrubs from 2018. Six tales of life and violence in the Old West following a singing gunslinger. Ah, uh, timer. Yeah, I, I knew I was going to go over. And I only put in three movies where I normally put four, but I had a feeling 
I had a feeling. Uh, following a singing gunslinger, a bank robber, a traveling impresario, an elderly prospector, a wagon train, and a perverse pair of bounty hunters. This is a Coen Brothers joint. And uh, it's uh, also available on Netflix, uh, created by the good people at Netflix, I guess you would say. Um, or the Coen Brothers. However you would characterize that. Uh, okay, so first and foremost watch this move watch this it is good i very much liked it uh the the range of the six tales i would go from a three to a five uh, i think the first one being my favorite very much so uh okay and this is what i wanted to say i, I never take notes when i watch movies but uh, i watched this a couple hours ago so i actually remember one thing that i do want to say about this movie uh when you watch this and you watch the first one, uh, the first of the six tales. It's 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 violent, and there's deaths and and such. But there's also singing, and it's very lighthearted, and uh, you'll get some laughs as well. Now, you'll watch this, and then you'll probably think, oh, okay, so we got six sort of uh, stories like this, uh, kind of a lighthearted, uh, with some ultra violence, uh, kind of ridiculous, over the top, maybe some singing. Yeah, we're in for a good time. You're not. That is not what's going to happen. No, no, no. Uh, these silence, uh, the, the, these tales are incredibly dark. Uh, some of them are just f incredibly fucked up, like shockingly so. And I wonder if I hadn't watched the first one and just would have watched the other five, you probably wouldn't have that shocked factor, I don't think, which is very, very interesting uh, how it's sort of, after watching the first one, you're, you're sort of expecting something that doesn't happen uh, in the other ones almost. Uh, one in particular had an ending that was reminiscent of The Mist, uh, and you know what, I'm not going to tell you the ending of The Mist or of this, but uh, if you've seen both, I think you'll know what I mean. Uh, Rating-wise, uh, as I say, from 3 to 5, so I think I'll do overall 4, which is a convoluted rating, which is what I like to do. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Today's television talk sponsor is Great Britain. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, an unintentionally Great Britain themed episode. Uh, I'm missing a show from Wales, I have realized. So I do believe Torchwood was either set in Wales or was filmed in Wales. So we're going to go ahead and uh, me saying Torchwood was a great show. I think I may have even watched it pre-podcast. Ooh. That's a long time ago. Pre-2012? Hmm, that's a good question. Anyways, uh, so that'll be our Wales equivalent. Uh, for our uh, uh, Scottish equivalent, we will talk a show called Still Game, available on, uh, at the very least, Canadian Netflix, all seven seasons, or series if you want to be correct. Uh, it's a BAFTA award-winning Scottish sitcom produced by the Comedy Union with BBC Scotland. Yeah, okay, that seems accurate. Uh, it's two, uh, two gentlemen. Uh, they are youngish actors playing old farts. Yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and call them old farts. Uh, Victor McDade and Jack Jarvis. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, 2016 to present. Okay, so uh, for some reason I th thought the show was a little older. Hmm. Uh, basically... 
Uh, what the show will do if you watch it will uh, heighten your ability to understand the Scottish accent. <laughs> Although there is one character, there's a woman in particular on this, uh, whose accent, even by the last episode, I was having a little trouble from time to time penetrating, uh, because they are very strong on this. Uh, I am my, my, my most closest... Yeah, that's the sentence. My most closest non-born-in-Canada uh, relative was from Scotland, and I do still have family over in Scotland, so uh, maybe that gives me an extra layer of appreciation of the sense of humor in this, which is strong. Uh, and, and it actually does something that I like, uh, and this comes up often, I think more in TV than anything else. Uh, it's funny 90% of the time, but then you'll get some seriousness-osity as well. Uh, which gives the comedy a little more realism, I feel like. So uh, when you have those swings, the ability to do both, I think it makes it uh, much more uh, uh, real, let's say. Uh, that being said, some shit in this show is just crazy over-the-top <laughs> ridiculous, which uh, I also love. Which brings me to the rating. Jeez, uh, can I go five out of five? Uh, okay, well, since it's seven seasons, that's a lot of episodes, even though it's only like eight a season over there, or a series. So, I will say they range from uh, three to five, um, but uh, whereas I did Busker Scruggs four, yeah, let's go four overall. Hey, look at that. Convoluted ratings work. They just work. Okay, uh, also watched, uh, with the misses, I might add, Broadchurch Series 3. Ah, to, to, uh, for our trifecta of Great Britain, we have the United Kingdom that this takes place in a uh, small town by the name of, you guessed it, Broadchurch. The titular town. <laughs> titular. Uh, this show is not a laughing matter <laughs> to go from still game to this. Well, you know what? Do it the other way around, because after watching... Uh, Broadchurch, uh, this season, uh, all the seasons, yeah, the, the, the whole series, you will need palate cleansers because it's, it, it will hit you, this show, uh, in a good way, uh, but in a bad way as well. <laughs> so rating-wise, let's just say, yeah, uh, uh, season three will go like a four, uh, the whole, the, the whole thing as a whole, five in terms of just the art of television, period, uh, and in terms of what emotionally the show will do to you, it's a kick in the in the in the bollocks, as they would say. I do believe. Uh, so, if you're unfamiliar, the first two seasons were a little more connected in that they dealt with the uh, death, uh, murder of a young man, and then the uh, finding out who did it, and then the trial, uh, and, and they all revolved around that with some additional storylines throughout. Uh, this one was a little more separate uh, in that uh, although the people from those first two seasons were in this, uh, it also had the, the a new crime committed in the form of a rape. Uh, and really, it, it's yeah, it just makes you have emotions <laughs> is what it does. Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is The Lost Dwarven City of Dinklage. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, I am going to screw up the title of this, I do believe, but it is a book by R.A. Salvatore. Mm, yes, much loved by me. Uh, it is a Neverwinter Book 1 of the series 
It's uh, of the series Neverwinter is book one of that series, and the title of the book is Gauntelgrim. Gauntelgrim. I'm gonna go ahead and spell it for you. G a u n t l g r y m. <sighs> fantasy names, fantasy names, people. Uh, <laughs> this came up, I, for, I think, in a D and D recap uh, episode where I had one of those, where the players in my D and D game, if they give me a one syllable name, I'm going to give them extra starting gold because I have trouble with fantasy names. Whenever I read uh, books where the main character. For example, Drizzd uh, has a crazy name. Uh, I'll often sort of replace it in my head with like something simple. Uh, so, you know, whatever this name came up in the story, which as you can imagine, it being the title and the name of a lost dwarven city that is searched for and occasionally visited in this book, uh, I think I would just call it like Gaunty. <laughs> Uh, anyways, let me read the Goodreads, and maybe that will give us a little idea what this is all about. Drizzed, or, see, that's another one. How do you pronounce that? I think I have heard that said a couple of times. Drizzd the Urden joins Brunner in his quest for the fabled dwarven kingdom of Godalgrim. Ruins said to be rich with ancient treasure and arcane lore. But, before they even get close, another drow and dwarf pair stumble across it first. Jaraxel and Athrogate. <laughs> Fucking names. Uh, in their search for treasure and magic, Jaraxel and Athrogate <laughs> inadvertently set into motion a catastrophe that could spell disaster for the unsuspecting people of the city of Neverwindle. Spoiler word. Spoiler alert, it does. A catastrophe big enough to lure even the mercenary Jaraxel into risking his own coin and skin to stop it. Unfortunately, the more they uncover about the secret of Gondelgrim, the more it looks like they can't stop it on their own. They'll need the help. And from the last people they ever thought to fight alongside again, Drizzt and Brunar. Yeah, so uh, this is sort of a, a combination of um, uh, Dro and uh, 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 Dwarf Companions into one book, which I very much enjoyed. Uh, anything with Drizzt and Brunner, I like. Uh, Jaraxel, I will say, uh, of the uh, books I've read in the Forgotten Realms, which uh, is basically uh, all of them, no, but I'm getting near there, so let's just say a shit ton of them. Uh, Jaraxel has been one of my favorite characters. Uh, he's cool because <laughs> he, he kind of like is... He's a little Batman-y. Yeah, 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 definitely. Jaraxel is Batman for the reason that he is rich and just has a lot of, uh, like, gadgets uh, in the form of magic items. Uh, he, he's, like, a good sword fighter, which, you know, Batman's a good fighter as well. But he, he doesn't really have so much magic of his own. I, I guess he has, like, the innate draw ability to cause darkness, doesn't he? Uh, I, I can't run down all his cool powers and abilities or, for that matter, all the fucking shit ton of gadgets he can just pull out of nowhere and do crazy things. Imagine if Batman had gadgets. You know what? It's more like... Uh, 60s Batman in that like he would pull out like fucking shark repellent or like crazy shit that you would never need in a million years uh, that's kind of like what he has uh, shit that will fit any scenario because it's magic so you uh, I have a magic stick that repels sharks huh does he he doesn't but he, he does have uh, 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 
a whistle to no what does he have uh, i can't you know what i don't know and the funny thing is you can google jar axle magic items i've done this before in the past it's been a while and people have sort of compi compiled a list of all the shit that he has and if you ever played dnd you will know this guy is fucking pretty pretty awesome the book oh shit i forgot about the book five out of five needless to say ra salvatore kidding me neverwinter drizz jar axle fucking love it more to come Today's game, Gavin's sponsor, is Princess Peach Cobbler. Thank you for that sponsorship. Every once in a while, the theme, uh, in, in this uh, case, the game Gavin theme song that, that played just moments ago, will very much fit the game that we're going to talk about. Uh, and in, in that case, this case, the game is Super Mario Odyssey. Yes! Uh, so, uh, as I've mentioned, uh, uh, Fallout 76 taking up all of my video game time I, I will say just on that note I think getting near the point where I'm starting to be ready to move on to other things uh, in the form of Super Mario Odyssey I would sort of play this uh, in between playing that because it's on like a separate TV so uh, and you can actually with this game I will say just right off the bat can sort of pick up and play it uh, a little bit like uh, I would play it and then if I didn't play it for a couple of weeks I, I might be a little lost in terms of what I had to do but uh, after you know five ten minutes I'd be like oh yeah okay so I'm just going around getting moons <laughs> which is uh, basically the whole game uh, if you boil it down in a nutshell that being said uh, the variety of ways in which you have to figure out how to go around get these moons it's like Super Mario what were you gathering stars right you're always gathering something in order to progress to new areas in this case it's moons uh, in all the various worlds that you uh, travel to uh, do I have a list of the worlds I don't know if I do that would have been nice no, I guess I don't. Uh, okay, so let's see what I can remember. Uh, you'll start in a desert, but it's cold. Um, my one question on that... Uh, okay, let's just say in regards to uh, what I'm about to say, uh, I have not yet 100% beat this game. Uh, I've got to... Uh, I'm in Bowser's Realm, which I'm assuming is the last realm. Maybe there's more to come after it. So uh, I'm about to have the sort of final battle with Bowser. I had the Midway one, and, uh, and, I, and uh, from the looks of the map, I've, I've sort of reached all the main areas. Um, so not 100% complete, but I sort of stopped with some frustration. <laughs> which, uh, okay, that brings up another point. Uh, this game is tough for someone who is now uh, turning in the next uh, four weeks or so turning 38 years old some of the <laughs> some of the quickness of uh, eye hand coordination I perhaps used to have back in the day has dissipated slightly so uh, there was occasional times where I felt uh, a, a, the frustration rising a little bit uh, and had to sort of step away uh, the, does that take away from my rating? Probably, just because I am not the type of gamer who likes that frustration. Some people love it. Some people love games like uh, Dark Souls, which uh, I have played, but uh, cheated while playing them so as to avoid, to, to, so as to have the game minus the frustratingly dying all the time. That being said, when you die in this as well, uh, it's just going to take away some of your coins, and checkpoints are spread 
uh, enough that you're never going to have to redo great sort of swaths of the game. So it's it, it's never terribly onerous, I will say. Okay, yes, yes, I was tying this all into my rating. Uh, I think I'll go four out of five. Uh, let's sort of rate other Marios on a scale to see where this fits. Uh, Super Mario 64, I think I would go five out of five, and I think it still holds up every time, from time to time, when I will pick it up. Uh, I don't know how much of that is nostalgia, but a somewhat perfect game, let's say. Uh, Super Mario 3, five out of five. Super Mario 2... Uh, we'll go f three to four out of five. The original, just Super Mario Brothers. Uh, it's nice to dust it off, but if I were to play it right now, I'd probably go closer to a three. Uh, and these are insane ratings that I'm throwing out of my ass. Um, but but still, uh, oh yeah. The, so the the whole thing of this game is that uh, you have a hat that uh, you can throw to possess some of, but not all the bad guys within the levels. Uh, those bad guys will give you sort of uh, you, you'll be able to assume the control of them and take their powers, which is fun. Uh, yeah, it's a game, and I'm not quite done it, but I will. I swear to God, I will. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Self-Hiking Shoes. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I uh, have a, a fun Internet Intercourse today. Uh, I think I came across this. Uh, it was probably through a podcast. I think I heard Kevin Nealon on a podcast. Uh, and he was speaking of this thing he has been doing where... Uh, and maybe I've heard this on multiple places. Apparently he's a big hiker. Uh, he'll go around, uh, I assume from what I've seen, uh, primarily uh, in California, uh, and he'll do hikes. Uh, and I think he did this before he started the show. I'm going to go ahead and call it a show. Um, and he'll uh, uh, get uh, his celebrity friends and interesting people and take them on these hikes. And uh, as they're hiking, they'll uh, shoot the shit. It is very much, I would say, although I heard him say it's not, uh, a podcast. <laughs> it's a podcast in the sense that it's two people just uh, talking. Uh, the addition of a hike through sort of beautiful scenery and the fact that uh, your guests will quite often be uh, breathing heavily. <laughs> uh, the, the, that's some of the difference, uh, some of the differences, I suppose. You know what it, it also sort of makes me think of? Uh, Hot Ones with Sean Evans. His also podcast, let's just say, uh, where he will have a celebrity sit down and eat a series of spicier and spicier wings. Oh shit! Why did my? I'm not finding anything for fuck? that. Why did my? Ah oh, fuck! I think my timer. Okay, I thought my timer for some for some reason Siri started asking about Sean Evans and spicier and spicier wings. Whatever. Uh, yeah, so so he, uh, that's podcasty with the addition of spicy wings, which sort of, uh, as he says, puts people off guard a little bit and uh, allows him to dig deeper than probably a, just a normal sit-down interview would. Now, I have a theory that the addition of hiking has a similar effect, where people are a little more open than they would be otherwise, which uh, seems to open 
people up and uh, make for a good, it's not an interview, it's a conversation, although uh, I, I think Kevin is a, is, a, is a master, sure, let's go ahead and use that word, a master of just random questions. Uh, I don't know if he plans them before, but uh, they'll just sort of be spur of the moment, uh, strange, out of the blue, uh, what kind of cereal do you like, uh, um, where were you born, like, it'll jump around seemingly at random, I don't know if this is edited to appear that way, but, uh, but uh, I think he's just sort of rapid fire, or not, because he does edit these obviously down a fair amount. Um, okay, so let's look at some of the guests he's had. Chelsea Peretti, that was a good one. Weird Al, love. Phil Rosenthal, uh, that would have been nice if they had eaten something along the way, because, you know, Phil loves his food. Jeff motherfucking Goldblum. <laughs> that one was funny because he uh, was late, apparently. So they, they were, like, hiking into the night, and, like, by the end, it was basically pitch black, and you couldn't see <laughs> either of them. Uh, pretty scary, because they have, like, mountain lines in some of these places. Uh, occasionally, Kevin would, like, yell out, Jeff, are you still there? Because you couldn't see anyone. Uh, yeah, that was a good one. Jeff Goldblum. Uh, I've spoken of my love of him many times, so them together on this, you know, that's a that's a five out of five there, if I've ever had one. Got some Kamal Nanjiani, that was good. Uh, Rob Lowe, that was good. Uh, Jack Black, uh, I think of all the ones, and this would happen occasionally, where people would come up and sort of interrupt them and ask for autographs. I think he had the most interruptions. Uh, Bobcat Goldwaith, I love. Howie Mandel's in there. Ray Romano, good stuff. Good stuff. Dana Carvey and his fucking weird hat that he wore every time you saw him. Bob, Bob Odenkirk. Jimmy Kimmel. Russell Peters. Uh, Bella Thorne, where did I know her from? I I, I could quite picture. Uh, she was attractive, I will say. Hmm. Uh, Sarah Silverman, Bob Saget, Michael Keaton, Adam Sandler, Tignataro, uh, Chelsea Handler. Chelsea Handler, that was an interesting one because they had uh, some tenseness, <laughs> let's say, uh, that didn't feel 100% fake. It felt some real tenseness on that one. Uh, similar with Caitlyn Jenner. It felt some tenseness there as well. Uh, Tiffany Haddish. Judd Apatow. Conan O'Brien. My God. Uh, and, and seemingly he's still at it. And, uh, and I hope to hear more. And uh, Kevin Nealon hiking. It's called Hiking with Kevin. Uh, you can follow him on YouTube. Uh, he's got 110,000 subscribers. Let's see if uh, with the Libercube bump we can go uh, and get that up to 110 and one subscribers. Uh, 110,000 and one subscribers, folks. Fuck. Started strong, ended weak. The Maywood special. It's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. 
fine. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper. Yes, a bonus clip. You know what? This is the first time, and I didn't mean to do it, but we're going to go ahead and call it a little experiment. Uh, normally I would uh, mention it, maybe throw in a little tease, maybe throw in a little hint that there would be a, a bonus clip, clip, mm-hmm. a bonus clip post, uh, post uh, show ending a uh, little ditty there, but this time I didn't. So we'll see if anyone listens to this. If you did, uh, go ahead to uh, tweet at me uh, or what have you in the uh, the closing credits. There's a, a Twitter provided many forms of communication provided use one of them if you are hearing this tell me uh that you did ah there you go uh, and use the code woozle wazzle that'll be funny because if anyone does uh as as soon as i stop recording i 100 percent forget what i said so you will say that to me and i'll have no idea what you mean good stuff so this conversation cleanup sponsor is brought to you by yeah the sponsors brought to you by that doesn't make sense fuck yeah this this episode really did go downhill didn't it toddler spock is the sponsor thank you for that of course of course similar to how a lot of doctor who episodes ended up in this cleanup conversation section i do believe a similar uh, uh theory i have is that star trek discovery now that it is back we will have a similar effect where, uh, I, because I have to talk about it and have no one to talk about it with, I will talk about it here. So, season two, episode one, it's back, baby. That first episode, really in with a bang, uh, quite literally in with a bang because so many explosions, uh, it felt very much like a sort of big budget action movie, and I am okay with that to start off the season and occasionally have that. But I also think, uh, think slash hope, I should say, that it's not like that all the time. Like, uh, I need my Star Trek moments of sort of quiet conversation and exploring of the, the inner thoughts of the characters. Which, oh, on that note, seems like some of the quote-unquote secondary characters getting a little more spotlight, which uh, I hope they uh, sort of rely on them a little more. This isn't an ensemble cast, um, obviously, so let's, let's use that to our benefit, let's say. Uh, Rating-wise of the first episode, 5 out of 5. I fucking love this show. Love it. Uh, I'm curious to see where it goes, and uh, I'm not going to give anything away. Yeah, how about that? Uh, Just going to say, if you uh, 
uh, Spock, uh, you know, he's going to be in episodes. Is he in this one? I don't know. I'm not going to tell you. He's not. Okay, I told you. Uh, other than, uh, you know, toddler Spock. <laughs> Pretty, uh, which is fucking adorable. Oh, yeah, I, I'm just scrolling through the uh, Memory Alpha, which, uh, you know what, if you ever want to know anything about anything Star Trek, go on Memory Alpha, just as a, a sort of blanket plug for that site. Um, scrolling through the uh, Memory Alpha of this episode, and there's a, 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 a person, a picture of one of the people, and I'm not going to say who, in the episode who dies sort of horribly. <laughs> Horribly quickly, but horribly. And horribly, probably not painfully, but uh, it would be a horrible way to go. You know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That guy or girl. All right, yeah. Uh, this was a waste of time. Uh, I apologize. Goodbye. Goodbye.